y'all, we are small business owners. We have the advantage. Coca-Cola, Nike, you know, all these giant brands, they spend millions and millions of dollars trying to appear human. You are human. You ain't got to spend $1. Like, you just got to be you, baby. Welcome to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between, because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Hello, and welcome back to the Making the Brand podcast. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that boy bands are a big part of it. Making the band is what inspired the name of this show. So in the spirit of that, I am super excited to have a fellow fangirl, uh, a fangirl of a different kind because we've determined we can coexist. I am excited to welcome Liz Wilcox to the show, a diehard NSYNC fan. Hello, Liz. Hey, oh my gosh, I feel like I finally made it in life. I've made it to making the brand. <laughs> Y'all, when I first heard this podcast and I first found uh, Brienne and all her amazing like boy band, fangirl-esque like universe, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like my sister from another mister. I'm so excited. So I, 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 this is this is awesome. I'm so excited. Okay, I'm going to stop nerding out now. (laughs) We're going to have a lot of fun. And speaking of that, we cross paths thanks to a common friend that we have, Danielle Spurge Swavely, and her company, the Merriweather Council. So this has been a long time coming where we've had to connect and discuss because I know, one, you're a diehard NSYNC fan, but you also have incredible expertise in email marketing and email conversions and all those things that that we're going to get into today. In fact, you call yourself the fresh princess of email, which is so kind of 90s-tastic. We're just meant that today. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I I am so excited. And yeah, I just freaking love email. Like I call it electronic mail, right? Like very 90s (laughs) style. You'll never meet anyone more passionate about electronic mail. So I'm ready to answer any and all questions. Awesome. Well, first, I want to learn more about the NSYNC angle of everything because I'm sure you've been a fan forever, but having them be such a big part of your online presence so openly I think it's something that we both can relate to with putting boy bands at the forefront of our brands and kind of embracing (laughs) that unapologetically. So how did that work? Did you always express that side of of your business and and show that part of your personality or was there a little more thought that went into it? Yeah. So actually I did not. So LizWilcox.com in in sync newsletters, all this stuff. This is actually my third business. My very first business was an RV travel blog. And this is where I got really good at email marketing and where I realized, um, you know, the more personalized you made email and the more you gave um, personality and invested in your people, the more you would get in return as far as newsletters goes. Um, But RV travel, the majority of my audience, the majority of people in my newsletter 
were men in their 60s. I don't know about you, but <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think a lot of men in their 60s love in sync or the Fresh Prince or not, you know, anything 90s as much as you know me and Brienne. So after a few years, um, I just started realizing that there were certain parts of me that I couldn't that couldn't be as loud as I wanted to. And if you're, you know, catching the replay of this live, or I mean, even if you're listening. You can probably tell I've got a lot of personality. I'm not one of those people to mute myself. If you go to my website, you'll be like, whoa, how did she ever not be this Liz Wilcox? And I was still, of course, myself. But there were certain parts of me that I knew were completely irrelevant for my audience. And so, you know, instead of talking about NSYNC, maybe I was talking about, you know, ELO or, uh, you know, ACDC or something. And while those are, you know, those are great. Uh, artists, it just, it wasn't my time, right? And so I knew when I sold that business, and I went all in with email and LizWilcox.com and building a more personal brand, um, I wanted to, you know, number one, highlight Liz and all the things Liz loves. And also, I wanted to attract people from that same era. And I wanted to, especially with email, email can seem so complicated. It can feel like this knot you're never going to be able to untangle. I wanted people to feel good. And what makes people feel better than a good old boy band? Honest to God, you know, hand to God, I can't think of anything else. Even, you know, and and going back to a simpler time, I know when I was in love with NSYNC as a kid, yeah, of course, life felt complicated, but it really wasn't, not the way that life is now. And so I find even when people can't, you know, oh, I was more new kids on the block era, or even I have some people that say, oh, my definition of a boy band is the Beatles, like, but they're still relating it and they're still going back to that simpler time. Uh, you know, when life was just about, you know, who was the cutest or, you know, battle of the boy bands or whatever. And when I can put people into that mindset and, you know, when I can use nostalgia as a way to relax people to get them to talk about what is seemingly a complicated or boring topic, that's when like true, uh, we'll say five part harmony can exist and everything starts popping off for people. So true. And and even just for yourself, it's probably so much easier to express yourself this way and to feel like you're being who you truly are. I've found it to be really liberating to not, you know, try to present myself as this this marketer, this professor, this, you know, freelancer. Like, no, I'm also a fangirl. This is my personality. I'm gonna let this shine. That's really the only way I know how to communicate because anything else is going to be is going to be manufactured and just just not me. So, um yeah, I think it's a win-win on so many levels. Yeah, and I wanted to attract like a lot of people in my field and you know, online business and digital marketing attract a lot of other online business and digital marketing folks. But I wanted to go back to, you know, where I started, which was B2C. You know, it was very, the majority of my people didn't even know what a digital product was. That was my number one objection. I don't know what an ebook is. I've never heard of an online course. And so I knew, obviously, I'm not the only person out there that is attracting those kinds of people and has to overcome those objections. And so I knew I also wanted to, you know, attract that very B2C type of person 
And again, it can feel really complicated. So bringing it to this fun space and talking uh, or not talking like a marketer, talking like just this girl who, you know, is still living in 1999, <laughs> um, but somehow also knows something I don't know. Uh, makes me so much more relatable. And I get so many people on my list that I actually really, really like and can really, really help, right? Have you found that, that you attract a lot of, uh, you know, you attract a diverse crowd? I have, yeah. I, I questioned it. I was like, am I only going to attract boy band fangirls if I lean into this? But I think, yeah. first of all, I think boy bands are like a universal language. I think everyone loves them deep down. <laughs> But correct. Um, She's correct, folks. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I found the opposite. Like people who, you know, maybe are into ACDC or other genres of music, like still, you know, I think appreciated this side of my personality or could understand loving something that much and wanting to talk about it constantly. Um, so that's been a, a nice surprise. That's so. awesome. Yeah, I just find that, you know, within my uh email list and my audience, there's so many different kinds of businesses. And I think that's just simply because, uh, you know, you and me, we provide a safe place to just be yourself, where marketers tend to sound like marketers, and it's this very intimidating thing. And when you can just lean into yourself, you can be an example of what's possible for these other brands and businesses. And that tends to attract. So if you're into boy bands, give it a go. People love it. <laughs> yeah. So well said. It's working for both of us, I think. So speaking of your audience, you've touched on a bit of who they are already, but I'd like to know more. Like, do you focus primarily on bloggers or individual creators or entrepreneurs? bit of a mix. Who is your ideal target? So just like my ideal boy bander is a little bit of the opposite of what most people's are. Like Chris Kirkpatrick is my favorite in NSYNC. <laughs> um, I like to, I tend to be a contrarian. So most people, um, you know, oh, you got to niche down and I only talk to bloggers or I only talk to, you know, crafters or Etsy shops or whatever, right? I tend to talk to a lot of different people, but the niche that I have is email. And so I will talk to just about anyone on email, just like, you know, I will talk to just about anyone about my love of sync and why Chris is the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't really matter as long as you're listening. And so my audience, again, it's that diversity, just like Brianne said about, you know, deep down, most people do enjoy a good boy band, right? Mm -hmm. um, I have, I do have a lot of crafters. I have a lot of realtors. I have, uh, I have a rabbi, a nun and a Baptist pastor in my membership. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have no idea where these people came from. Um, but I think um, like, Jesse's watching live. He said, you know, people like to hear what other people enjoy in life. I think that just attracts a large, a larger audience. And when I'm niched down to just email, like, sure, I could talk about social media. Yeah, I know a little bit about Etsy. Sure, you know, I know how to get you on a podcast. Um, but really, I'm only going to talk to you about email marketing. And that's kind of how I've niched down. So it's really anyone that feels like email is this thing they're never going to understand. And it's kind of above their pay grade. And they'll just get someone when they can finally afford it, they'll just get someone to do it. 
those are the people that I want to talk to. Absolutely. And I think that's something that's so special about marketing in general is that no matter what your business is, whether you are, you know, a nun or a rabbi or you're a crafter or an entrepreneur, like you still need to get the word out about what it is that you do. So I think it keeps things interesting for people like you because you get to mix things up and talk to so many different people from different industries. So that's really cool. I want to talk about the term newsletter for a moment, speaking of email. And for me, this was a term that used to seem dated a bit. And it's really yeah. interesting to see this resurgence of newsletters. So I'd love to talk about that and just get your perspective. Does every creator, every brand need a newsletter? Or, or what is it about that term that kind of differentiates it from email in general? Is it the same thing? Is it different? Um, so yeah, can you speak about newsletters a bit? That's a, that is such a great question. I don't know if I've ever been asked that. Wow. She's mm -hmm. coming in with the hits, baby. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. To me, a newsletter is this sort of, you know, like I'm thinking the church bulletin, right? You know, it's got a couple sections. Here's what's going on. Here's, here's what is available this week. Here's what's coming up type of thing. But you know, just like boy bands have evolved from, you know, the Beatles, the Jackson 5, NSYNC, uh, what is that? BTS is now uh, really popular. Um, the newsletter has evolved as well. You like how I said, wait, that was really good, guys. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it's more really about just talking to your audience and staying connected, showing that you are invested in them and the vision you have for them more than just a bulletin. A newsletter is not a bulletin. Sure, you can have that, but it's probably not going to convert the same way as if you think of, I'm just going to send this email out um, and try to connect with these people. Um, I like to think of it as, you know, your email addresses aren't email addresses. They're real people. You know, right. Liz is really a real person really on your email list who opted in like really to get more info on XYZ, right? And so what do I need to say to Liz today um, in order to get her closer to whatever that is? For me, it's, you know, you make money with email marketing. That's my big vision for you. So I think, oh, what does Jesse need to hear today? Um, you know, oh, I saw a lot of people clicked last week about, you know, they were really interested in a list building training. So what do I need to say if Jesse clicked on that list building or he wants to know more about list building? What do I need to say directly to Jesse today to make sure he feels good and he feels like he's able to do that? And so, yeah, sure, you can have a newsletter, but I would definitely vary the content because um, you want to be you want to be familiar. Oh, I know who Brienne is, but you don't want to be predictable. Like if she sends us the same newsletter over and over once a month on the first of the month, I know it's coming. I'm pro Oh yeah, I'm too busy. I know what's inside that. I'm not going to open it. But when you can vary the content, when you can, you know, talk directly to Jesse and what he needs, um, you know, you're going to be familiar. Oh, I, I know who Brienne is oh, I wonder what she has to say today. And that's a big difference. That's the difference between getting people to just let your email go to page two and getting them to open it right away. I think that's such an important distinction because 
myself included, I know a lot of creators, we've gotten into this rhythm of sending this weekly or monthly newsletter. And like you said, it's it's hard to make that convert. It's hard to keep things fresh if, if it becomes too predictable. So that is great advice to kind of complement that newsletter with other content. You've got I love that you use the word fresh, by the way. Thank you for setting me up <laughs> like that. You, ha you have to keep it fresh, right? I mean, and fresh isn't being on every single platform and you know, also, you know, and oh my gosh, a new social media popped up. Let me get on that. That's not being fresh, right? We need to be consistent. So, you know, pick the channel, whether it's email, Instagram, whatever, and just learn how to be good on that one channel. If it's email, you know, you're obviously watching or listening to this, you're semi interested. For me, it's all about uh, taking a follower, turning it, it, turning that person, getting them on your list and turning them into a friend. And then once you have a list full of friends, you can basically just say, hey, I created X. We've been talking about X for a while. I created that. W would you be interested in buying it? And you can turn them into customers. I call that the email staircase. Follower, friend, customer. Now, mm -hmm. how the heck do we keep it fresh, Liz? How do we you know, turn people into friends? What does that even mean? For me, it's just three things. Number one, show that you are invested in your craft and show that you are invested in the vision you have for your clients, students, you know, members, whatever. Share that with them. Hey, I really want you to make money with email. I just spent three hours reading a book on email deliverability. Or, uh, you know, I really want to make sure I only create crafts that you're going to buy. Uh, you know, I just listened to and, you know, making the brand. I just spent an hour figuring out how to write better emails so they don't go unopened, uh, you know, which is something neither one of us want. I don't want to crowd your inbox, right? Showing mm -hmm. that you're invested in the craft, showing that you're invested in, uh, you know, making sure they get what they want. You know, we all know why they join the list. We have a freebie, some sort of opt-in. We have some mutual interest. We know why they're on the list. And so making sure people know we're invested in getting them to that finish line. Number two, just be relatable, share in a relatable way. And this does, I mean, Brianna and I are great examples. You know, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, making the brand. Mm -hmm. um, Brianna's welcome sequence, if you're not on her email list, oh my gosh, go get on that list. It's Thank so hilarious you. and awesome. But for me, as a millennial woman, I was like, well, this is the most relatable thing. Like everything oh. she's saying is making me dying laugh laugh like I'm you know I'm sold whatever she's buying I'm in you know yes I'm gonna click that link I'm gonna read that blog post I'm gonna listen to uh, the podcast I'm gonna show up live you know because she's very relatable right yeah. and so when we can be relatable you know we we get that early buy-in of that no like trust and notice I said relatable I didn't say interesting it's it's hard to be interesting it's easy to be relatable. People want to relate to other people. You know, there's a reason why we are not lone wolves. We live in communities, cities. I'm talking to Brienne live right now. There's somebody watching live in the chat. We are a communal type of species, right? So it's easy for us to relate. Even if you don't know anything about NSYNC. So on my, I, I have a, um, I have a one-on-one -on -one call. It's called the digital get down. You'll get it if you get it. Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> and one of the questions is it's only two questions. And the second one is in sync or backstreet voice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and even if you don't like either, 
suddenly you're relating, right? I've gotten I've gotten answers, you know, Jackson Five, Prince, uh, Metallica, you know, Nate. I've gotten so people I've never even heard of that I've gone and Googled before the, you know, before the one on one. So we have something to talk about. You know, I'm trying to relate to them, and so you know, even when people don't necessarily like, they're not able to you know, there's not a direct correlation like, oh yeah, I used to listen to the Backstreet Boys. I can't relate to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that, that was just a little shade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, even if they don't relate to that, you know, they're suddenly thinking of other musicians that they did like back when they were a teenager, back in high school or whatever, right? Even if you said, hey, I right before I sat down to write this newsletter, I, you know, I went, I had to take my dog for a walk. Uh, you know, that took way longer than it, than I thought. Suddenly I'm thinking about, oh yeah, in the carpool line today, I saw a guy walking his dog, right? I mean, that has nothing to do. You didn't, you know, you didn't try to push me towards that thought, but it's just so easily relatable. So don't try to be interesting. Just try to be relatable and keep it just two to three sentences. And that's going to be super simple. So again, you know, showing your investing, sharing in a relatable way. And the third thing, this is where people cringe, but you got to do it. You have to stay top of mind. You can't email today and email in six months and expect there to be any sort of friendship, any sort of no like trust. You have to stay top of mind. But when you do these first two things, when you show you're invested, when you share in a re very relatable way, it's easier to stay top of mind. You can skip a week if you're just not feeling good. Or, you know, you can send something really short and sweet like, hey, I, I'm really busy. All I got out was the podcast. Click here. Right. Oh, my gosh. Really busy. You only had time to do one thing this week. That's incredibly relatable. Not very interesting, is it? But mm. oh, my gosh, I'm so like I'm so there with you. Hashtag 2022. Right. Um, and so just those three things makes um, makes emailing and makes uh, turning people into customers so much easier. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I have so much to unpack just on, on all of that. That was brilliant from your staircase to, to all of this. Yeah. I think what the big theme is, is with those frameworks and everything you just said is just how sincere it is. Like you sincerely want to help people. You sincerely want to relate to people. You sincerely want to turn them from a follower into a friend it's just very genuine. And I think a lot of brands especially skip that part and they think, oh, someone subscribed. They're ready to get all these sales and all this information and bombard them. But they skip that relationship building. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Like we, y'all, we are small business owners. We have the advantage. Everybody and their mother knows when Coca-Cola, you know, or some giant brand posts some, you know, ad campaign about social justice or whatever, we all know they're just trying to sell more soda that is actually really bad for us. Like we all know their doctors are, you know, not real doctors, right? Any doctor that's going to say drinking, you know, excessive amounts of cola is fine. Uh, we, you know, we all know that's fake, right? Mm -hmm. And so people, the, the amazing trend we're seeing in the marketplace and the economy right now is people want to buy from people. And so, yeah, what Brienne said about just coming at it from this genuine place and, you know, just even being direct. Hey, I just spent an hour listening to this lady talk about email. I'm going to try to write more or better emails now so I don't waste your time. 
um, boom, that's really genuine, right? And it's actually pretty simple as a small business owner who's very in the weeds of your business, right? You're, you probably have your hands in all buckets to be genuine. Yeah. I absolutely love that you framed it as an advantage because I think a lot of times small business owners think they are at a disadvantage that they're never going to catch up. And, you know, there's so much comparison that goes on, but you're right. It's an opportunity to humanize yourself, to even send emails directly from you instead of this faceless brand or corporation. That is just so powerful. And I hope it's inspiring some creators um, who are listening. Oh, yeah, we we have to, you know, Coca-Cola, Nike, you know, all these giant brands, they spend millions and millions of dollars trying to appear human. You are human. You ain't got to spend one dollar like you yeah. just got to be you, baby. Wow. <laughs> like that's it. And people, you know, there's a reason why social media is blown up because people want to connect with other people. You know, it's a it's a real thing and it's a real advantage. Wow. Yeah. You're speaking right to my soul right now. <laughs> that is so amazing. So I want to get into the the weeds a little bit with email and talk about frequency and consistency. You mentioned that you can't kind of just fall off and send one email every six months, but myself included, I think there's this, this thing that goes on in our heads where it's like, okay, I want to be top of mind, but am I showing up too much? I consider it, and maybe you agree, I consider it a privilege to have an email address and I don't see that as a license to spam and to, and to show up constantly. You want to have that balance and make sure you're adding value every time. So how do we manage that frequency? How much is too much? What is What are the keys to staying top of mind? Yeah. So in order to get rid of that, oh my gosh, I don't want to spam people. You know, it's a, and it is a privilege. Brianna is 100% right. You know, these people email works because it's consent based, right? Someone says, yes, Liz, I want to hear from you. And they have the right to take away that consent at any time. Yeah. So let that latter part kind of relax you a little bit. Like if they don't like it, the door is always open for them to leave. And not in a nasty way. Like if you don't like it, get out of my house, like hashtag nineties mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in a way of like this, you know, this is an open door and I'm providing this sort of opportunity. This is where the bus is going. But at any point you want to get off the bus, I'm more than happy to hit the brakes and let you off, right? There's a reason why it's illegal to not have an unsubscribe button, right? Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't want to just keep people on our list that aren't ready for our transformation, right? So in your welcome sequence, set the expectation for how often you're going to email and what you're going to email about. This is going to alleviate so much pressure off of you. It's the same as when, you know, you listen to the podcast and someone says, hey, on this episode, we're going to talk about X, Y, Z. Here's the guest. Uh, stay tuned, you know, at the end, da, 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 right? They're setting the expectations. It's like when you go to, in high school or university, they hand you the entire syllabus. This is exactly what we're going to learn this semester. These are the assignments and the due dates, right? They set the expectation up front. You have to do that with email or you and your subscriber are going to feel weird the whole time. So you have to say, um, you know, I'm going to offer you these kinds of tips or, you know, whatever. I'm going to email you every Tuesday afternoon with such and such. 
you know, and you can even get very specific. The content is going to vary between short and long, you know, depending on what soapbox I'm on this week, right? You know, (laughs) add a little personality to it, right? And you might even say, you know, I'm going to email you a few times a month. You don't have to get that specific if you're not that specific. I just truly am. But I mean, I'm the I'm the email lady, right? So <laughs> even just saying, I'm going to email you sporadically when I have, you know, something that helps you towards X goal, right? Or when I, um, you know, when I have a new product to reveal, you know, whatever. Just set the expectation. That way, when you land in their inbox, oh, that, you know, that's Danny. I know he told me he was going to email a few times a month. Oh, this is his second email that month. Suddenly, Danny is a man of his word. He's doing exactly what he said he was going to do, aka, oh my gosh, he's building trust by sending an email, not the opposite. And then this is the kicker, y'all. If you learn nothing else from email marketing or about email marketing from Liz, this is the one thing I want you to do in your welcome sequence after listening. Say exactly this. I am going to offer you free and paid products, free and paid services, free and paid resources, whatever words you want to use. Again, we are setting the expectation that this is a marketing channel, right? And people know email is a marketing channel. You know, look back to Black Friday. Hello. Oh, my gosh. Right. Some people were abusing it, but we, we won't go there. But setting that expectation, free and paid products, services, resources, Suddenly it flips the switch from, oh, this lady just gave me, you know, this free download or this 50% coupon to, oh, this is a resource that's going to offer me like free and paid things to move me towards my goal of X, right? So Brienne and I even have the same earrings on today or they're from the same maker. Her name's, I think, Deanne Walsh 03 or something. Shout out to her. Yes. And, um... If she started an email list, of course, she's not doing anything but serving our nostalgia, right? And so that's exactly what she would say. You know, I'm going to send you, um, you know, and she might not even offer anything for free, right? You know, I'll send you free nostalgia in the form of pictures from the 90s. I'm going to offer you paid um, paid products like earrings, tumblers, um, and, you know, socks or whatever else she's got on her shop, right? Suddenly, I know exactly what it means to get on the Deanne bus, right? And if I don't like it, then I'm going to, oh, no, I just wanted this one pair. I really shouldn't. I'm going to unsubscribe. Maybe I'll probably come back. Yeah, (laughs) You know, give give my fan growth status. I'll be back. I'll be back. (laughs) But I really should unsubscribe, right? Um, but we just give them that opportunity again to say, yes, I love these expectations. I'm totally on the same bus, like put it in drive. I'm ready to go. Um, yeah. So that's the answer to that question. I have a follow-up question. So same okay. bus or same Winnebago is what I want to know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Winnebago for sure. For sure. Do you know the, the story about the Winnebago? I don't please tell it. I know it's an instinct reference. This we're we're going off the we're going on a side field trip here, folks. Yes. We were talking about email. Now we're talking about boy bands. So on these women won a Winnebago on the Price is Right, and they took that Winnebago all across the country, following in sync. And Lance Bass has been trying to make this as like a biopic or mockumentary for like years. I think it's supposed to be in production right now, but that, I just love that you said that. 
Yeah. I was going to bring it up earlier when you mentioned that you, you help market RVs and stuff. I was like, maybe the Winnebago's. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the Winnebago's, but um, I just love that they have an in-sync tie even more. <laughs> I will be looking out for the biopic, fingers crossed. Um, so, okay. People want to get off the bus. They want to get off the Winnebago. That is something that I know I have struggled with. I, I tend to take every unsubscribe personally. I think I've gotten better at it, but it's hard not to. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm just not even going to check. I don't want to see who and like visualize like, oh, I know that person. They left dagger in my heart, you know? So what is your philosophy about unsubscribing in general as, as part of the email journey? Because it's, it's inevitable. It's definitely part of it. So how should we think about unsubscribing in a healthier way? So, well, Brian said it best, you know, it's inevitable. It's part of the email journey. And the thing that I love about newsletters or weekly emails that you send out or even just being consistent a few times a month is if you feel like you don't have your voice right now or things are just kind of mishmash, it's like, oh, yeah, Liz, if you go to my website, you see it's very clean, very tight. I always talk about newsletters. I'm only talking about email. If you feel like you're a little all over the place, uh, sending newsletters allow your brand to evolve. They allow you to keep a conversation going with people. Um, and they allow you to lean more into yourself every single time you email. And so when you feel confident, like, oh, yes, this is the best representation of my brand right now of me, my services, whatever, how I'm feeling. When you feel that confident, when you hit send, remember that confidence. So when you see the unsubs rolling in, you can say, well, that was my best representation. They're just getting off the bus, right? Like they, I'm going to lean into me. And if they don't like it, then that's okay. Again, not in a negative way, like get out of here you know, more. I mean, if that's your, if that helps you, then, you know, be negative. I don't mind. <laughs> um, but really just, you know, letting that door be open and letting that, or also being okay with being emotional at first. Email is emotional. It's a much more intimate space than, you know, hitting live on YouTube or something. Um, it feels more personal because it is. So just letting yourself be okay with being emotional at first, not trying to fight it. Again, the same way when you write an email and you try to lean into yourself. Uh, you know, just lean into that emotion and you'll get over it much quicker. And the last thing I wanted to say about unsubscribes is they might come back. Most people don't unsubscribe because of you. They unsubscribe because they're just not ready to go to that destination yet. Or they might be overloaded. Like, look at, you know, we're recording this at the time right around Black Friday. I've never seen so many Black Friday emails in my life. I just had to, oh yeah, I don't open this email very much. I'm just going to unsubscribe. Maybe I'll be back later. I actually just did a gigantic Black Friday launch and I had a few people email me and say, hey, I didn't get that welcome email I was promised. And I went in and I looked and it was because they had unsubscribed six months ago. But guess what? They came back. They came back. You know, it's like, um, let's say your favorite boy band releases a song. Then they release another one and you're like, oh, I'm just not really into this. I, you know, I don't like slow jams. I need a bop, right? right? You know, then you release a bop next time and oh yeah, you know, guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> you know, some of the <laughs> some of those people will come back. It's not always about you. It might be an overloaded inbox. Or um, I get a lot of cancellations for my membership because they've just 
given up their business or they're offloading it to an agency or what it's not always about you. It's rarely a personal thing. So let it feel emotional until you know you keep doing it and eventually that emotion uh, will dampen. Yeah. It doesn't have to make you ill. Sometimes they just have to say bye, bye, bye. It's okay. Oh my gosh. She's <laughs> so good. Y'all, if you have not given her a five-star rating on iTunes, you need to pause this right now. Go over there. Like this is fire right here. Oh my gosh. I'm having so much fun. Well, speaking of that, everyone, please go follow Liz, lizwilcox.com and the Liz, the Liz Wilcox. Oh, it's a tongue twister sometimes. It, the sometimes Liz it Wilcox is. Yeah. On Instagram. I have everything linked. But Liz, one thing you're known for, especially, I think this is the kicker with your services and just helping people be successful is you help people use email to convert. Like there's ultimately an end goal. There's a reason we're doing this. There's a reason we're building these audiences is because we have something to offer. So I would love your, your best advice for, it's kind of twofold when it comes to conversion. One, how to convert people from a social follower or a website visitor into someone who is excited and wants to get on your list and also how to convert those subscribers to a potential customer, which you kind of touched on with the latter, but how do we, or with the staircase, I should say. Um, so how do we get people onto our email list? That's a great question. There's so many ways um, and you don't need paid ads. You just need a really great incentive. And for some people, depending on your business, it might just be, you know, I'm offering great tips over here or I'm going, I always go deeper on my email list. Join here, you know, especially if you're doing content like TikTok where it's very surface level, you know, saying, hey, do you want to know more uh, in my latest newsletter? I went really deep on XYZ, you know, come over and join the newsletter. But in general, you want some kind of freebie. Um, and this this is where I got a prop. Hang on. Hang on. So I like to, again, like what is that vision you have for your clients? I like to think of it as, you know, your university, like Danny University, Jesse University, Liz Wilcox University. Again, my vision is you're making money with email marketing. So you're walking across Liz U. I hand you, you know, this diploma. It's you know, email marketing equals cash flow, right? That's it. And so your freebie should go take it all the way back to that first day of class. What is that very first foundational piece of information or action taking that they need? Create, put that into a freebie and then just start putting it out there uh, in as many places as you can. And I would really say, pick what is fun for you. Okay. You've got to pick something. If you hate doing it, you're not going to put your freebie out there. I love being on podcasts. I love being on video. So anytime anyone asks me to be on a summit, a podcast, you know, a live video like this, I'm like, yes, uh, that is me. We don't do anything that's not fun. So if you like to talk, um, you like to, um, you know, do videos. That's a, those are great avenues. What I was talking about, but if you like to write or you just want something simpler, uh, you know, simple might be just making Pinterest pins and putting yourself on Pinterest. Um, maybe it's making TikToks or Instagrams and getting people off of social media. Just find a way that feels fun for you and go for it um, from there. And then to make conversions um like you know friend into customer really i've got a few things here so 
you should be sending out sales emails and vary your content to be short and long. I kind of talked about this a little bit, but with sales emails in particular, you never want to be sending the same kind of format, the same as you never want to send the same sort of newsletter over and over. And then just always be reminding people of your offers, right? We set the expectation in the welcome sequence to say, hey, I'm going to offer you free and paid stuff. And so, you know, list building, for example, I sent out an email a few months ago that said, you know, hey, repeat after me, email is a money making activity. And I kind of, you know, went in a little detail and then it was PS, do you need help building your list in the first place? I have a list building workshop. It's 12 bucks. Check it out here. It was a really short email, um, but it was reminding people of the offers. And then if you feel, if you're one of those people that's like, oh, I can't sell. Oh my gosh, sales emails, Liz, that seems so crazy. Um, just add a super signature. That is just at the bottom of every single email. It says, when you're ready, here are some ways we can work together and then put your offers. So Brianne might say, you know, when you're ready, Here's how I can help you. Here are some ways I can help you. You know, check out my podcast over here. Uh, you know, check me on LinkedIn here. You know, buy X here, right? And so you can really go into those different ways you help people, whether it's content, you know, again, free or paid. Um, and that's a great way to keep your offers top of mind and not have to sell. It's like a footer of your email. This is all so actionable. I have so many things to do after this. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. This is so much uh, wisdom that you're sharing here. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, any last wisdom to share? I I'd love for you to also tell us more about your, your membership program too. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Uh -huh. Yeah, I think in general, the biggest thing I want people to take away is if email feels complicated, just go back to all those things I was saying, you know, follower, friend, customer, how do I how can I make a friend? How can I talk to that one person that I know needs help with x right now? Right? And then you're going to start to make connections from there and things will start to pick up. All those things about segmenting and funnels and I don't know what else people, you know, telling stories. I like to call those 2.0 strategies. That's for when you really feel comfortable with your list, you're connected to them. So just start simple, uh, you know, with that welcome sequence, you know, some newsletters, and then, you know, a mix of your offerings, uh, like I just shared in that slide. Um, and then my membership, if all else fails, join my membership. Thanks yeah. for bringing it up. Uh, all, the th all the things I've talked about, I realize, you know, for me, it's very simple, right? For me, this is my zone of genius. Um, but I realize a lot of people find it really complicated and they get stalled out by, what do they call it? Like blank page syndrome or blinking curse, cursor syndrome. Yeah. And so every single week for nine bucks a month, every single week, I send out a newsletter template designed for all those things I was talking about, designed to show that you are invested in your people to sh you know share in a relatable way and to stay top of mind i write a newsletter template for all you know designed to show all three of those things every single week it's nine bucks a month i call it email marketing membership hashtag seo right and um i i just love it i have almost three thousand people in the membership like i was saying at the top of the hour 
lots of different folks. I show you, it's not just a template. I give you a video walkthrough and an explanation on why the heck you would want to send this email in the first place. And then I give you two swipes. So two different A plus examples from different types of businesses. So whether you're, you know, a corporate career coach, um, or, you know, you're a pastor from Georgia, or, you know, you have an InSync fan blog, or, you know, whatever, I give you examples, I read those from different businesses every single week. So you can kind of like, you know, boy bands have different harmonies. So it feels it sounds very good. Uh, I've made the template so that it gives you a very uh, cohesive look. So you can really understand how the template would actually work for you. Nine bucks, baby. So worth it. So worth it. Cause you're, you're helping people also make a lot more than that by teaching them how to convert and build their list. So Liz, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And if you're interested in seeing what I mean by like all these, the welcome sequence and newsletters, if you can't really conceptualize it in your head, uh, you know, I invite you to go to LizWilcox.com. You can get an entire welcome sequence already written for you. Uh, that's, you know, show, sets those expectations, all those things we were talking about. Um, you also get three newsletter examples, one to show you how to get people to click, one to show you how to get people to reply, and one to show you how to get people to buy directly from your newsletter. And if that's not enough, because I know writing from scratch totally, totally sucks, you also get 52 subject lines completely for free. That's LizWilcox.com. Top right-hand corner, you'll see a hot pink button. You can't miss it. Perfect. Everyone head over there. Liz, this was so fun. We'll have to do this again sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was a lot of fun. Thank so you so fun. much for having me. Of course. Talk soon. Thanks, Liz. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review. For marketing wisdom with a pop culture twist sent straight to your inbox, sign up for my newsletter at briannefleming.com slash newsletter or find me on Twitter at Brianne2K. As always, thanks for listening.